0: All right, here we go. Happy Friday, everybody. JF and C. Ponce getting you covered for MLB playoffs. Obviously, the NLDS underway, but we'll preview the ALDS, and we'll set the stage for another football weekend. Uh, C. Ponce, we ready to go here? Boston and New York, baseball taking center stage. Over 200 wins between these two teams combined. I mean, this is what it's all about, and to kick off the postseason with this, it's got me and I think everybody pumped up.
1: Absolutely, John, um, and happy Friday to all, and thank you for everyone joining us. Um, I'll tell you what, John, the best two offensive in, best offenses in baseball here going at it, and to add to even more hype around this series is if not the largest sports rivalry. In all sports, not just baseball. I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, And every single play batter is going to have to play an integral role in this series, John. Um, I'm really interested to see how game one in Fenway will pan out with Chris Sale on the bump, John, who has been not the healthiest as of late.
0: Well, it's unknown as to how healthy Sale is. That is a huge element to this first game, and Price is pitching in Game Two, which is also going to be very interesting to see because David Price has struggled against the Yankees. And even though the Yankees are the underdog in this series, it feels like now the pressure is all on Boston. It is all on Boston here because New York got through their wild card game. That was the only difference between them and the Red Sox outside of the fact that the Red Sox did have eight more wins was just that the Yankees were going to have to get through the wild card, and they did. And the way that I look at this series is this. In August, these two teams, man, the Red Sox, they controlled the Yankees. But in the most recent series, sure, the Red Sox were able to to take the AL East in the Bronx, but the Yankees won two or three. And there's a comfort factor with that. New York is playing the, the way that they played in the wild card game. That's their best baseball. It looks like this group has unfinished business. They've got an edge. And the Red Sox have not performed in the postseason the last couple of years. The Yankees came within one win of going to the World Series. I think that matters in this series. I think it matters that Sale and Price have the pressure on them to hold serve at home. And the Yankees get to use Jay Happ, who has done very well against the Red Sox. So I say advantage
1: Yankees here. What say you? You know, John, as much as I want to say the New York Yankees, I think when it does, when you talk about pressure, um, you know, you look at the Boston Red Sox team, and they've underperformed in the past couple of postseasons. And if you look at this roster on paper, you have to say that they have one of the best lineups in baseball. I mean, you could argue, yeah, like like you just said, but that, can change come October. The regular season is much different. Come October, baseball and look at the Yankees when they get that one wild card win, they have that momentum, and going into Boston, they feel that they have the advantage. And that's where well, I think, you know, a player like Chris Sale and Mookie Betts and these players who Mookie Betts who has not recorded an RBI in postseason for the Red Sox, like well, an MVP it- candidate. Insane. Right, right. and here's the thing about this. The difference
0: between these two teams, the Yankees have the power edge. And what wins in the playoffs? Home runs, power pitching. And look how the Yankees won the wild card game. Luke Voigt just missed a home run, but it was practically a bomb, and it ended up being a triple. But Aaron Judge, they won this game off a home run. When Aaron Judge hit that home run, it sucked the life out of the Oakland A's, and it just it made Yankee Stadium – The Bronx Zoo. That's what happened in that wild card showdown. And I think that the Yankees' power offensively and the way that their rotation lines up uh, really set up well. I don't think you could ask for a better setup here for New York, but you're right. There's got to be some edge in Boston. Like They have got to show up uh, on Friday night with a purpose because if they bow out again in the ALDS, that is just deflating. It's deflating for this organization, which has put everything everything together to win the AL East, to put up 108 victories. Oh, man, it would be a damn shame if they come up short. But I, I got to say, I like the way the Yankees are playing, and that's why I've got the Yankees winning this series
1: in four games. John, I'll have to disagree with you here. I'm going to go Boston in four. I think it's going to be extremely difficult for Boston to win in New York, but I think this is the year where they have their ducks in a row here. And I, I think especially with DS series, so ALDS and NLDS, with it being best of five, game one is absolutely crucial. If you can steal game one, if you are on the road, such as the Yankees, if they can get this game one, I think the Yankees got it, but I can't emphasize how important game one is for Boston. If Chris Sale is on and they can steal that momentum that New York has, I think this is Boston. I think this is Boston's year to really make an impact in the AL. Well,
0: the thing is, if the Yankees take game one, then all the pressure goes on David Price. And that hasn't worked out in the past. And I, If I'm a Red Sox fan, I am shaking in my boots if that's what has to happen. I think the Yankees have a lot better chance to win a Fenway Park than the Red Sox do to win a Yankee Stadium. But we will see. We will see what we see from this Boston team that put up 108 wins. I think in a way, they've got to play with a chip on their shoulder. But Absolutely. let's transition here to the storyline of the week in baseball that's been a commonality between all these games. Do you believe in bullpenning games? Now, it yeah. worked. To a point for the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, game got dicey in the ninth inning. It did not work for the Oakland A's. 97 wins, and they put out a bullpen guy. Where are you at on this, Ponce?
1: You have to have that dog and that guy who has the it factor come October baseball. And as you can see, Severino was that guy for the Yankees, and he got it done against... One of the best scoring teams in the Oakland Athletics. Granted, there were some nerves and being the one and done game. But again, it comes down to having that ace. And you take a look at what happened in Milwaukee when Blackman was inches away from almost blowing this game in the Milwaukee's faces with a call that got called back right on the right side of the right field line, John. Mm. If you get to a point in the game, let's say Milwaukee, that game becomes, you know, 3-2 Colorado. Where do you go pitching-wise? You're using all of your relievers. Who's the next one up? Yeah, it just didn't –
0: I don't believe in it. I think if your season rests on one game, bullpens are shaky, period. They just are. You don't know what you're going to necessarily get. And we were watching the Fox studio coverage, David Ortiz, Alex Rodriguez, Frank Thomas, a uh, great analyst crew with Kevin Burkhardt, and they were talking about the fact that starting pitchers have their, all their mannerisms. They have their routines. They do their thing before the game, and it's, it's different for a bullpen guy to have to do that. And I know Woodruff had, uh, had started – a game earlier in the season and had been okay, but I still I think it got very dicey as a result. You know, you see a bunch of different arms and the Rockies finally, finally found their bats in the ninth inning, which for them is the biggest positive. Even though they lose this game, all they have to do is try to steal one in Milwaukee and bring that back home to Colorado. And in a five game series things can completely change if the Rockies have found their bats. I thought I thought that they got good pitching. I thought that Sensatello was good, but it's tough. It's tough to lose a game like that in extras. I just, I know that the analytics are there. I know that all the advanced stats are there of how you should approach these things. But Corey, that only works to a point. Like I know this is cliche, but we always say, uh, with football and hoops, you don't necessarily say it in baseball all the time, but just that phrase, like they got some dudes, you got to use your dudes in the postseason. You got to use your firepower to get W's. That's what has to happen. And I, I felt like, you know, I know Wade Miley would have been going on short rest, but I felt like that was a lot for the Brewers to risk for game one. And it, it was, it paid off. It paid off, but it's a big reason why the A's are sitting at home and they handed off to Fernandez, which to me was huh. a ridiculous move. I mean, that, that's, he was eating, he match. was
1: eating in Minnesota. There's a clip. I can show you guys on Twitter, Rodney is trying to catch snowflakes in his mouth in a Minnesota Twinkies uniform. If that doesn't explain what kind of charisma a closer has, there's no reason he should have been in that game. Not no, Nothing which, deficit. No way. That's why he's, That's why they're at home, and that's why he's eating a bag of chips watching no, that, most would, likely Boston like asking, New York.
0: It would be like asking Hugh Jackson to coach the final two minutes of a one-possession game. Where, where that was at and I oh. I just thought for the ace to get all the way to the Bronx uh, to the Bronx and have Fernando Rodney be the remaining hope for them down to nothing I,
1: ridiculous to me no terrible 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 and John there's a saying whether it's in sports and life whatever you people you know use this saying as is you know you ride your horse or your your work horse, Uh And there's only that one horse, you know, in this saying, as it does pertain, whether it is to sports and and or life, where you don't have seven or eight horses that can carry you necessarily in baseball. You really want to have that one go-to guy, whether it's Verlander for the Astros, Kluber for the Indians, Kershaw for LA, the team's that are projected to go into the World Series have an ace, and or in this case, multiple aces. A's are at home for a reason. Unfortunately, they had some injuries. Mane had the season-ending surgery that cost uh, him to sit out the remainder of the season. Unfortunate, but this whole bullpenning thing, I'm in an agreement with you. Not a fan of it, and it's not going to help teams down the road this postseason well the national league is off to the start
0: we thought it would be uh outside of the cubs getting eliminated in the wild card game i mean the brewers and dodgers both win um is anyone going to stop the dodgers no for me I, i like i think the dodgers are absolutely going to the world series they have far and away more talent than any of the other nl teams on paper i understand that the brewers could give them a run for their money maybe a little bit but Ponce, I don't see the Dodgers – I I don't see how they don't get to the World Series again.
1: I agree 100% with you there, John. And this Dodger team, I think some of the worry was Kershaw and can he still be that workhorse, that ace for the Dodgers. There's no question about it. But people are saying, why did Hinyon Jinryu start? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, he only gave up four hits tonight. He had eight strikeouts through seven innings. That is a fantastic start. And now game two, you're telling me Clayton Kershaw, no pressure on Kershaw as much as he were to start game one. I think the Dodgers are in a great spot. I think everyone in that lineup can make a big play when they are called upon. They have players where they can – plug in wherever they want on the field utility guys like Kike Hernandez and I when the NL with the Braves lack of experience and you saw that tonight really struggling to just get on the base they had their ace and Fulton on the mound they couldn't give him any support that was a problem all year long the Rockies struggled to hit on the road and the Brewers again lack of experience in my opinion I think this is a breeze for LA and I'm there's they gotta be smiling cheek to cheek
0: hmm. so I would say that the Brewers end up winning that series over the Rockies do you see a Rocktober comeback
1: I do not um and I think it's been a great year for the Rocktober Rockies Colorado Rockies John uh, you know Arenado's story uh, MVP caliber seasons, but we saw what they did today. I mean, it was a great comeback attempt, but you have to try to find a way to draw first blood, uh, come October. I mean, you can only when they're having only one hit through seven innings to start, and that's not going to get it done. No, and especially, I mean, you'll, you you escaped in Wrigley, and you have to find a way to produce runs. And that's where your bullpen, where the Brewers in this case, look, it got a little dicey towards the end. This is what, you know, we kind of said with the whole bullpenning idea. If you have that, let's say Miley goes out there, Chassine goes out there, and you give it to Hader, the Milwaukee Brewers bullpen is fantastic in shutting games down. They were a little overused tonight. Everyone was going. Everyone was facing. But this was the Rockies' chance. It was. it was their chance
0: to get a win, and they couldn't do it. And now, who knows where their heads are? Yeah. Hey. Uh, that's the National League. Here's what we have not hit on in the first 15 minutes here that we got to get to: uh, the Indians and Astros is getting overlooked because of just how good of a series the Yankees-Red Sox will be. But the Indians-Astros is right there with it in terms of talent, in terms of firepower and all that. Uh, Nothing is the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. And a quick aside here, okay? I know that a lot of the Cleveland followers will be listening to this podcast. Uh, A lot of the Cleveland followers, Corey, are upset about the fact that the Indians and Astros series, all the games are daytime starts because the TV networks, Turner's doing the American League, They put the Yankees and Red Sox, and the the MLB has something to do with it. They put the Yankees and Red Sox in prime time. Okay, a message to everyone in Cleveland that listens to this. Number one, Yankees-Red Sox is always going to trump any of your storylines or counterarguments or even the defending world champions. That's just how it is. It doesn't matter what's going on. In baseball, Yankees-Red Sox is in a class of its own. It's unfortunate for the Clevelanders, the, the Houston folks that have to, you know, I don't know, miss work or watch from work or do whatever, adjust their schedule. But it, it was never going to get changed. Okay, the Yankees and Red Sox were always going to be in prime time. The Indians and Astros will play before them, and they're going to play daytime games. I understand people are upset, but how are you shocked? How are you upset? It's how it is. But this series, to get to this series – this is an epic series. Absolutely, Burlander versus Kluber. What's your gut say?
1: This is tough, I and mean, I think this is going to be you know an old school pitching duel, and where the pitcher is going to have to decide the outcome and what player on the each respective team is going to make you know that game winning play to drive in that RBI. John, I think Kluber has a chip on his shoulder after what happened to him last year, uh, and I really do think that you look at this Indians lineup, top to bottom. The X factor for me being Josh Donaldson, hmm. mid-season acquisition, more towards the you know three quarters of the way, I should say. The Rain Man. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll tell you what though. I mean, you look at that top order, depending. And correct me if I'm wrong if there may be a change in here, but you have Lindor, Ramirez, Brantley, Edwin, uh, Z- Alonzo, and Donaldson. I-, I mean, for those Indian fans who are going to be tuning into this, I-, I mean, you have to say to yourself the Indians face that, uh, you know, play the Astros very well. And Verlander's postseason pitching has been. Sensational. He's great in the postseason. But his last few outings in the regular season have been kind of shaky, John. And look, if you are the Indians, you're watching that film and you're kind of picking up on those cues. And if you can get a ahead head of Verlander early, this could be Corey Kluber's big, big, big moment. You still won in Houston. I think the Cleveland Indians will be playing in the ALCS. Wow, uh, I think that the
0: winner of this series could very well win the World Series. Agreed. I know a lot of people are saying that on the other side with Boston and New York. I, I just I look at at Cleveland and Houston, and the way I've got things playing out with the Yankees, I think the Yankees are going to top the Red Sox. But keep in mind, Corey, the Yankees are the wild card rep. If the Yankees move on. We know how important home field is because it is in the Bronx. They would not have home field. That's big. That's big in all this, including in this ALDS against the Red Sox. But for me, here's what the Indians-Astros series comes down to. Jose Ramirez hit under 200 in September. Francisco Lindor struggled as well. And Corey Kluber struggled last postseason. Those three guys have got to be themselves. I understand that Donaldson and Carnacion, the list goes on and on for Cleveland, Their lineup's deep, but you need the guys that have driven your car throughout the season to this point to be good. If they're not, then all of a sudden things can get dicey. Because if you don't have those guys doing it, then who leads? Who does that? Ramirez was sensational all year long. MVP candidate for a while, and because he fell off, uh, not not really in that, that boat. Mookie Betts looks like the leader. But Cleveland needs their MVP candidates to be just that. For Houston, I, I agree with you on Verlander. Like, I, he has struggled in the past against Cleveland, but the postseason is a different animal. The only thing I wonder with Houston is, like, is there any sign of fatigue? Is there any sign of uh, just, I don't know, that they're not at the same level that they were last year? I think a lot of people think that this Houston team can repeat. And I don't know, there's nothing that would suggest that they couldn't. What's your gut say about that? Like, do I, I do you feel as good about Houston as maybe you did last year, or did you even feel good about them last year? Did they I, catch you by surprise at all?
1: I said they catched, they caught me by surprise last year. But I think what is going to hold them back, John, this year is. In the back of their minds, and players say, coaches say, manager Hinch has said for the Astros, look, we don't feel the pressure of having to repeat. Look, whether it's a Super Bowl, NBA Finals, World Series, there's that thought in the back of the head that people are expecting you to repeat because you have that much talent. I think that's going to come back to bite them in the rear end In uh, this October, and especially against the team, John, we talked about it when Verlander was on Detroit. This Indian team, out of all the other teams in this postseason, know him the best. So this is their opportunity. And I think this game one is set up perfect for him. And if they can steal this game one, there's going to be a lot of happy fans in Cleveland celebrating. Look, I've been there. A couple times now, and I know that fan base, and they're going to be dancing and drinking all throughout downtown if they can steal that game one. Well, that is
0: the the stage is set for a really strong October in Major League Baseball, and it is good to see the Yankees and Red Sox. That's good for the game, and you've got new stars across the board. I'm I'm even happy for Kristen Yellich, uh, For Christian Yelich, to get the exposure he's getting because I don't think the guy gets as much attention as he deserves, and he could very well win NL MVP, but I don't think as many people know about him. I don't think he's a household name Mm. nationally, and so I'm happy that the guy's getting that type of attention. I'm happy for Arenado's story, those Rockies, that they're getting the stage. I mean, I think that's cool. I think it made for a great showdown in Game 1. So Major League Baseball, this will be an interesting postseason, but our ALDS picks, I've got the Yankees. I've got the Yankees in four, Cleveland in four. And then on the other side, I've got the Dodgers in three. And then in the Rockies Brewers series, I will take the Brewers to win in four. I do not see any five game series. Corey, what are your predictions?
1: As for, I will start in the AL. I, I really do love the tribe this year. I think this is the year Kluber steals game one, puts on. One of his best performances tomorrow. I say the Indians will win in five. The Boston Red Sox will win in five as well. I see both those series going all the way to the end. As for the L.A. Dodgers, I say they bring out the brooms. I say they win steadily. Um, And we saw tonight how they completely dominated. Um, And I think they are the team to be. And I think that they're going to have an easy course all the way to the uh, World Series and I agree with you I think the Brewers uh, what they have been doing offensively led by Yelich um, an MVP in my opinion as well uh, I say they get it done in four game four I think the Rockies will steal one um, at home but I think that the Brewers ultimately will face the Dodgers in the NLCS it's pigskin time we got a little over five minutes to talk NFL. My opening take
0: is Andrew Luck deserves better. Watching the Thursday night game, the guys stuck with a used napkin, a bent fork, and and I don't even know what else. I mean, just brutal. I feel for him. The Pats did what the Pats do. Josh Gordon showed up and uh, delivered and looked the part of an elite receiver. He made a big-time catch to really put the game on ice, and the Patriots were able to roll. But Andrew Luck deserves better. That's my take on that. not gonna go beyond that, but that's that's what I have to say about the Thursday night game. Corey, what game on Sunday are you intrigued by?
1: Uh, I'll tell you right now, John, it's something I've been looking at the past uh, couple of minutes here. The Minnesota Vikings. it's gut check time for them. As they head into Philadelphia, they are the Minnesota Vikings are one, two and one. And percentage-wise, teams that start one in and three—and let's say we disregard that tie—look, the Chicago Bears are playing very, very, very well. They are probably maybe the surprise team of the NFL this year. And you still got the Green Bay Packers. It, it, the Minnesota Vikings got to find a way to win, and it would be going to Philadelphia, which many teams cannot do, um, and take down the Eagles. To improve this record but right now they are on a collision course uh you know they got they played well against the Los Angeles Rams they couldn't get it done um but again Philadelphia is not Los Angeles and you go in there it's going to be a war but Kirk Cousins he's got to get his team going because this could be bad if they do start one three and one John not good not good not good your Rams are
0: on a bye. My Browns are hosting the Ravens, and I think that the Browns uh, will be in the game, but I don't see them winning. Uh, Baltimore has won 19 of the last 21 meetings between these two teams, and while Baker Mayfield looks he looks good, I know that you're talking about four turnovers. Baker Mayfield is, is not to blame wholly uh, for those four turnovers. Of course, he could change things up. I just think Baltimore's defense will give the Browns too many fits. I don't think that the Browns have a defensive advantage in this one. Uh, like they've had in a couple of previous games before Oakland. I think that the Browns left a real opportunity on the table in Oakland. I think that it, it definitely doesn't help you going into your next one against a divisional opponent. Uh, very tough challenge for the Browns. The Ravens have been one of the best teams in football, but the, the game that intrigues me the most is Jags and chiefs. And I think it should intrigue everybody because the Jaguars play These elite teams, and I don't think that they get the respect that they deserve. And it's time now that we go into a Jaguars big-time game and say, look what this Jacksonville defense can do. This is arguably the best defense in football, Jacksonville, against the best offense in football in Kansas City. So, what are you? Are you on the power offense of Mahomes? It is in Kansas City. Or... Do they finally slip up on a short week against the Jaguars defense that knows how to contain the likes of Tom Brady we've seen against Ben Roethlisberger? Can they find a way to slow down Mahomes?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, th- this game's also interesting. And I think it comes down to I mean We know the Jacksonville defense is arguably one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL, right up there with the Baltimore Ravens statistically. Uh, But, again, it's going to fall on Blake Bortles. Arrowhead is not the place you want to play. I mean, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is giving up uh, yards per game the most in the NFL, John. But are we getting the Blake Bortles that threw for 376 and four touchdowns against the New England Patriots? Or are are we getting the Blake Bortles who threw for 155 and had a 72.5 QBR against the Tennessee Titans. So it's going to be unique. I I do like the way Bortles is progressing as a player, and I think that he can be a leader for this team. But at the end of the day, Blake Bortles has made some questionable decisions with the football. And will he make them in Kansas City? He may not be able to hear very well. Let's hope that uh, headset in his helmet is working properly. But I think it's going to be tough, and I think Kansas City's going to continue to roll. And I, I don't think, as good as the Jaguars' defense is, uh, if Blake Bortles can't move that football, and that defense is going to be exhausted for Kansas City, Pat Mahomes is going to do what he does best, and he's going to sling that ball, and they're going to score points. I don't know what I'm
0: looking at. The Rams are not on the bye. They are at the Seahawks uh, this weekend, and the Rams have always played Seattle well. How do you see it playing out?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for Russell Wilson. Uh, and that's uh, as a Rams fan, you know, you're big saying that uh, similar to Andrew Luck's situation. And granted, he does have a Super Bowl, but his team is slowly diminishing. Okay, that Legion of Boom is now the Legion of Doom. Uh, the well, Rams are going to steamroll.
0: Yeah. Seahawks have been seventh in defense, but 29th in passing offense. And that's not because of Wilson.
1: Yeah, no, but again, you know, a player trying to make plays for his team Uh, and offensively, you know, Doug Baldwin is there, but again, no running back, no offensive. Um, And if you don't have that against Dominican Sue, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, uh, Marcus Peters, good luck trying to win that football game. Again, I think the Rams are going to continue to be undefeated, and they're going to steamroll the Seattle Seahawks like they did last year on a thumping. We've got one minute here. We're going to go rapid fire.
0: Let's do it. The MVP of this baseball postseason, when it's all said and
1: done, will be... Clayton Kershaw. I think the Dodgers are going to do it this year, John. And again, he's got all these haters talking about he is not postseason material. I think all this comes to an abrupt stop that Dodgers are going to show everyone that this team is one of the best to ever step on that diamond. All right, I'll go surprise here to not show a bias. I'll
0: go with Josh Hader of the Brewers. Just got a feeling about him uh, being like Andrew Miller. Uh, We're running out of time already. Let's go rapid fire here with a couple of picks for the weekend. Cowboys, Texans, Sunday Night Football.
1: Give me the Cowboys. The Texans are a mess, John. I uh, on the board,
0: Nindy. I'm going to go with the Texans. Uh, the Colts definitely showed, even in New England, that they're better than what people think. Packers at Lions.
1: Give me the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the Lions are still a big question mark for me. You know, I don't know what they're going to, you know, produce. You know, they beat the New England Patriots, uh, but they fall to the Dallas Cowboys. Interesting.
0: Give me the upset. I'm going to go with the Lions in that one. Dolphins and Bengals. You think Cincy just keeps rolling?
1: I do. Uh, I think Miami's kind of a fluke. Uh, The numbers do lie for them. I don't think Tanner Hill's a great quarterback. Uh, Cincinnati's a great football team. Defensively, they have players. uh, And Andy Dalton's playing well. He's got his chemistry with A.J. Green where it's supposed to be. I think the Bengals continue to roll. That does it for us.
0: J.F. and C. Ponce breaking down the baseball postseason We've got you covered with the National Football League. We'll be back talking NFL Week 5. Hard to believe it's already Week 5 and much more. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great weekend.